This is Yehudi Feldman discussing Mishlei chapter 21. We're going from verse 2 to verse to the end of the chapter. Call Derech Ish Yashar Be'enav V'tochein Libot Hashem. People always think what they're doing is the right thing. But Hashem is the one who actually knows. This is a toe type of proverb because what it's saying is that one thing is better than another. And it's just saying it using the word nivchar rather than the word toe. But the fundamental goal of the Tanakh is tzedakah mishpat. Avram Avinu was chosen because Hashem said, this is the three words together. The only other place in the Tanakh you have that is here and Abraham. And of course, this is much more important than any type of sacrifice because the whole point of sacrifice is basically to get a person closer to Hashem, but usually the person who needs to get closer to Hashem has a reason for it. In other words, people who are... You'll notice that Hashem... Abraham Avinu never once brings a sacrifice to Hashem, except when he's asked to sacrifice Yitzhak, and and fortunately he doesn't end up sacrificing Yitzhak either. That's the one and only time he sacrifices a, a ram, Instead of Yitzchak. In other words, Avraham Avinu did not, you know, builds Mizbuchot, calls upon Shem Hashem, but he doesn't bring sacrifices because, as a practical matter, Avraham Avinu represents what a person can achieve. The highest thing a person can achieve in terms of the right way to act. And, you know, sacrifices usually mean a person feels that one or two things has happened. They've done the wrong thing. Or they basically feel they need some kind of a pickup to get closer to Hashem. A person who behaves in the righteous way doesn't need pickups to get closer to Hashem. The very way they walk is close to Hashem. Like Hashem said to Avram, Hitalech Lufanai Behayetamim. Rum Einayim Urechav Lev near Rishaim Chatat. The haughty person, the person who basically has a proud heart, their field unplowed is will be plowed with sin because that's the only thing they can think of trying to raise. Machshavot chorutz ach lemotar v'chol atz ach lemachsor. The plans of a person who works hard will bring them benefit because they do it slowly, steadily, and diligently. Whereas the person who's in a hurry usually ends up not achieving the goal. They say it takes three minutes to do something. You could really do it in two and a half if you're not in too much of a hurry. Poal Otsarot Bilashon Sheker a person who achieves treasure by a lying tongue will be closest English, gone with the wind, looking for death. Showed Rishaim Yegoreim ki me'anu la'asot mishpat. 
Yigareim here comes from the root Gimel Reish Reish, Ligror, to pull. And it means the, the robbery of the wicked pulls them into death because they refuse. It's not like they don't do the right thing. They don't want justice. They refuse justice. They, you know, they turn it down even if offered. Hafafach derech ish vazar vizach yashar palo. Most likely, the middle word of the seven-word proverb means vizar, not vazar, and it means something along the lines of the twisted way of the person who goes in the wrong way comes comes from that devious nature. But the innocent person, the pure person, they're straight and you can just look at their work and know that they're a straight person. Tov Vashabat al Pinat Gag as I pointed out before, the, the, the genre of one thing is better than another is very common in wisdom literature. Kohelet uses it also. It doesn't necessarily have to start with the word tov. We just showed above it used the word nivchar. But the proverb here is saying, and it's going to be repeated in a slightly different language in, in the several psukim down, means it's better to sit on a corner of the roof rather than to have to live in a big house, in a full house, with a wife who's always basically bothering you and, you know, causing strife. Nefesh rasha iftar ra lo yuchan be'enav re'ehu. The appetite of the wicked just desires wickedness. If they don't have it, they're unhappy, you know, whereas the righteous person is later going to be said, Simcha Latzadik Aso Mishpat. Lo Yuchan means that he isn't even willing to be nice to his own neighbors, even the per people, his friends, forget about strangers. But Anosh Lates Yachkam Peti Uva Haskir Lachacham Yikach Dat. Followed by Maskil Sadik Levait Rasha Misalef Rasha Im Lara. Now notice again here in this in this parak, the theme of Sadik and Rasha and Sadaka and Mishpat is very strong, and it's sort of remember we're about to close the 375 verse midsection of Mishlei, adding up to the Gematria of Shlomo. It's going to be over in chapter 22, verse 16. So I think the editors are trying to get us back to the main themes of the beginning of the uh, of this section, which are the Tzaddik and the Rasha. Now, remember, not everyone can be a Chacham. If everyone could be a Chacham, what would be the point of calling the person who is the spiritual leader of the Kahal the Chacham? But everyone can be a tzaddik, because a tzaddik simply means a person who does the right thing. The chacham, you know, wants to learn knowledge. The lates has to be punished in order to get the fool to learn anything. 
And the tzaddik looks over what happens in the house of the Russia and realizes that Rishayim get their punishment because of the crooked ways that they've gone into. This is a Mishlei proverb. A person who seals their ear from the cry of the poor, he too will one day have to cry for help and will not be answered. This is one of the Mishlei's most right-on, you know, proverbs that basically gets across the point of what a person's responsibilities are to their neighbor. You can't act like if, oh, I'm just going to disregard it. I'm not going to pay attention to it. I'm going to make believe it isn't there. You know, when the person is crying, you know, and asking you for help. Any person who asks for help in public should always be given help. It's enough of a shame for them that they should have to, you know, humiliate themselves by asking in public. But notice the next line, Matan Meaning, it's better to give in secret than to give publicly. That's always the best way to give tzedakah. You give in secret, you're going to basically cause anger to subside. And of course, in Mishle, you also have the problem that sometimes the word matan seems to be a synonym for shochat. I think the Midrash tries to understand this as when you give to the poor, it's a shochat to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that when the time comes, you're going to be looked upon favorably. And now again, the contrast between the tzaddik and the rasha. The tzaddik wants to do the right thing. The tzaddik basically is just happy with doing the right thing. The tzaddik is happy just because of the outcome of justice. Nothing else is required. Whereas the people who are wicked and who do the wrong thing, you know, they look upon justice as a terror, something that they'd rather not actually see. Adam to'eh mi'derech haskel b'kahal refa'im yanuach. Person who walks off the way of wisdom is going to end up in very good company, meaning the company of the dead. Simcha here does not mean just a mood of happiness. Simcha means eat, drink, and be merry. In the word Simcha Natanach, usually has a reference similar to the word simcha today when you say, I'm going to a simcha. What you mean is you're going to a place where people are going to eat, drink, and be merry. Now, the Mishle is trying to say that the less of that people do, the more resources they'll have to do other things. Yain v'shemen is part of a simcha as far as the Tanakh is concerned. You know, yain yisamach levav enosh lahatil paniv Lechem is what basically people really need. Yayin and Shemen are luxuries. People spend too much on luxuries. Mishle is trying to say, save the money that you give to the caterer and put that into your children's education. Kofer latzadik rasha v'tacha yesharim bogate. One of Mishle's primary points is that the tzaddik usually winds up successful in life, and the rasha does not. In fact, the rasha ends up being sacrificed as a ransom for the tzaddik. 
underneath the Ashar, meaning instead of the Ashar, the Bogate is the one who suffers punishment. Keep in mind that this is Mishle's basic point of view, very much the same as Sefer Breshit, which is that a person who does the right thing will be rewarded by Hashem. They will get bracha for doing the right thing. Okay? Abraham is the epitome of doing the right thing. Hashem beirach et Abraham bakol. Yitzchak continues in Abraham's path, and even the locals have to recognize that his prosperity is coming from Hashem. Ata, ata, baruch Hashem. And then finally, Yaakov says to Esau, Ki chanani Elohim v'chigeshli kol. All of them were blessed by Hashem because they did the right thing. The problem is, that Sefer Eov comes to address, is that Eov is the epitome of somebody who did the right thing. And then disaster comes upon him. Eov is essentially challenging the point of view of Mishle, which is well represented in Sefer Eov by people like Eliphaz and so far and Bildad, and later Elihu, but as a practical matter, is totally refuted by what happens to Eov. In other words, Eov, the wisdom literature as a whole, deals very much with the problem of Sadik Varalo, Rosh Avatoblo, but Mishle is not the book that deals with that problem. As far as Mishle is concerned, that, that's really not a problem, because it hardly ever occurs. Tov Shevet Be'eretz Midbar Me'eshet Midyanim Vachas. Before we were told it's better to sit on the corner of the roof than have to live with a woman who causes strife. Now we're told it's better to live in a desert than have to live with a woman who causes strife, anger, quarrel, and nags you. Okay, we'll leave that up to the people who are in that situation, which is better. Otsar Nechvad Vashemen B'nevei Chacham here you have a situation where a Chacham has worked very hard in order, like we said before, by staying away from catering and by staying away from throwing money into smachot, has managed to amass a good deal of wealth because they husbanded it carefully. But unfortunately, they had a son who was a successor who proceeded to waste away all the wealth that the father, who was wise, carefully accumulated. We all see this type of thing happen every single day. That's why it's very, very important, not just to amass wealth, but to amass good children who are going to succeed you because they're going to inherit the wealth. The real merit of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov is that they passed righteousness on to the next generation. Eov is very righteous in of his own, but his sons and daughters are just eating and feasting all day long. That's not basically an ideal as far as the Tanakh is concerned. The thing people should do with their mouth is learn Torah, not eat and not gossip. Rodef tzedakah v'chased this is one of the most famous Mishalim in a Sefer. And the, it's, it's a perona major, meaning the same word is used in the same verse, but in two different ways. The first, Siddhaka, means righteousness. The second one means vindication. 
Rodev Chesed means not just that you do it, you look to do it. Now, here's the fundamental difference in what mitzvot, the nature of an obligation of a mitzvah. Some mitzvot are time obligated, so at the time they come, you have to do it. Some mitzvot happen to be mitzvot you do if the, if the, if the occasion rises. For example, shiluach hakein. Nobody has to go look for a tree to climb so that they can send a mother bird away from the younger bird in order to fulfill that mitzvah. If it happens that the mitzvah occurs, ki kanti then you can proceed to do as the Torah recommends. But there's some mitzvah that you're supposed to actually chase. Mia isha chafetz chayim ohev yamim tov Shalom is one of the things that you chase. You also chase after tzedakah, which is righteousness, and chesed, which is doing right by your fellow human beings. A person who does that will will fulfill that goal and will also be rewarded by Hashem with long life, honor and looked upon as victorious in all their arguments or any differences they have with others. Sometimes the battle is not won by greater strength, but rather by a wise person who discovers a way to attack the city that basically wasn't seen before. Um, the mashal basically is that sometimes the person who's wise can overcome a problem that most people think cannot possibly be overcome just by using wisdom. Again, Mishlei's fundamental point is Shomer piv ulashono, Shomer mitzarot nafshal. Watch what you say. Watch your mouth, watch your tongue, and you will keep yourself out of a good deal of trouble. Most of the trouble people get into is because they talk too much. Zaid Yahir Leitz Shemo Oseh Be'evrat Zadon. Here's a description of a type of person who is arrogant, boastful, scornful, always looking for trouble. Again, remember we have mayain meaning refuse. Okay, the atzel wants to have food to eat, but because he absolutely refuses to do any work, he sits and all day long is hungry. But the righteous person works hard, knows to work. Okay, does the work, gives himself to the work does not withhold himself from working and therefore has, you know, a living. Similar to the proverb above about Tzedakah, not only, and when a Russia brings a Zevach, it's considered to be a Toeva. Avshalom, who we're going to talk about in a moment at length, starts his whole revolt against his father by saying he has to go to Hebron to, to pay up a zevach to Hashem. What he's really doing there, going there for, is to foment revolution. A false witness 
is going to be destroyed. But a person who gives thought to their ways will win out in an argument. Lanetzach here means lanetzach. Well, of course, it could also talk about people who talk all the time. You know, all they live for is to talk, then listen to the other person talk, then talk more, then talk more, and talk still more. The Russia is as panim, and as Pirkei Avot says, as panim legehinom, v'boshe panim leganeden. The righteous person thinks before they talk, before they do anything. And finally, the uh, the entire section finishes in terms of the Masara with ein chachma, the ein tevuna, the ein etza leneged Hashem. No etza, no plot, no part of understanding, no particular way of trying to put something together is ever going to work if it goes against what Hashem wants. And I think this Pasuk is specifically thinking about Avshalom. Avshalom had the best Yoetz in the whole world, Achitofel. He was the most Chacham person who ever lived. And Achitofel was the one who basically was his counselor and revolting against his father. But what happened? David prayed to Hashem. The whole prayer is five words. Sakelma et atzat Achitofel Hashem. Undo the advice of Achitofel. And Hashem listened to David's prayer, and Absalom in the end was crushed, and David came back to the throne. Now, here's a very interesting point from the standpoint of the Messiah. The Archbishop continues the chapter, including verse 31. But from the Messiah's point of view, is followed by a petichta, which means a full stop. A setuma is like a yield sign, a nine-letter break in the text. A petucha means the entire line is open from that point on. If you looked in like a ketaram sova edition, you'll see there's an entire empty line here. And even though the next verse sounds similar, the Messiah wants to stop with Why? Because this is a book about wisdom and it's preaching wisdom and it's telling people all the time how they're going to benefit from wisdom. But the, the, the caveat is you have to understand that no wisdom is ever going to succeed if it goes against what Hashem wants. So what Mishle is saying is the most important thing should one person should want to do is do what Hashem would want them to do. That's it for today. Shalom. Tomorrow we resume with chapter 22.